I got a letter today. It's funny, though, because the letter states that both of my daughters have severe anxiety, severe anxiety, and that they want to terminate our parental rights because of their severe anxiety. Never once taking into that uh, um, into that equation that perhaps that severe anxiety is because of the children not being able to see their parents because of the Pyrrhic victory that CPS has tried to obtain over the parents. That has not been in the best interest of the children, but has only exacerbated the pain, the misery, and the suffering of the children. When CPS no longer cares about the opinion or the objective of the child, if when CPS does not align with the truth, CPS is no good to anyone. It is just as good as every other broken system that stands today. CPS is a system that should be broken down to the bare essence of the bone. It is a system that has been set up that is incentivized, okay, to either put children in placement for a lifetime and procure a lifetime of medication from not being able to deal with the fact that they've been yanked out of such a loving and nurturing environment and placed into an environment that has been completely opposite of what they're used to can you imagine what kind of anxiety a three-year-old would have being pulled out of her mother's arms by a laughing tiffany carroll as she walked whisked her away down the the hallway from from the family court can you imagine how dumb me and my husband looked while we stood outside of the courtroom time and time again year after year for attorneys only never to know anything that was ever stated about us only to know that we were having a mountain built out of a molehill and that molehill came from an anthill and that anthill was us it was our stuff that was stolen so because we spoke up about an atrocity we spoke up about illegalities because we spoke up about what was right in this world we don't see eye to eye with people that are not starting to understand that if they don't start seeing eye to eye with us that we will actively dismantle every piece that we can through legislation and otherwise. I am proactively putting my claim out here for every person that has ever been wronged by CPS, by, for any person that, ever, that has ever realized the silver bullet effect. By the way, I thank you very much because that was a big help for my business. That is definitely an accreditation to them, to a father's truth. That is definitely an accreditation to them. I thank you for your journey ahead of me. I thank you for paving the way for so many people that have not had the opportunity to have that way paved for them. And I thank you for listening when people have failed to hear me within the light. I have to get this message out. It's not just about this, but you're going to hear this in between other excerpts my my business isn't just about me it's not focused on just my children so you're going to hear things where you're going to hear music you're going to hear me talking about stuff within society you will hear me talking about politics you will hear me talking about a lot of things and i'm very passionate about the things that i'm talking about because politics aligns us to where we need to go in the future if you're not with politics you're not with the plan Okay, because the politics is what makes the movements within within this land. And I need people to align with that right now. I'm passionate enough to tell you that it's time to make checks and balances within CPS. And these checks and balances need to make sure that if there is a rebuttal process, that that rebuttal process should be longer than 30 days, that that rebuttal process should go up to six months. 
Because within 30 days, a lot of things can happen within people's lives. But six months will give people integrity. If I knew that six months from now, you could come back and call me on something, I wouldn't play out the 30-day thing. I'd have six months to keep my ass in check, wouldn't I? But if you're a CPS worker, and by the way, just to let you know, the funniest thing about it is I was reading my paperwork. The people that are speaking on the behalf of me and my children, okay? And on that paperwork, I have social workers speaking on my behalf about how they tried to contact me, how they tried to do this, how they tried to do that. I can assure you there is no less than six caseworkers on my daughter's cases right now. Is that normal for CPS to have six caseworkers on one child or two children? Is that normal? Think about it. So I'm going to tell you right now, I see right now that... Let me go on here. On my paperwork, it states that the caseworkers are Christine DeMar. I never met her. Never met her one day in my life. Sarah Young, never met her, never contacted me. Stephanie Mosher, never met her, never talked to me. Deborah Green, asked to have this woman taken off of my daughter's case years ago. Stated that she was, I stated that she, I did not want a blatantly homosexual woman that represented herself in a manly manner to be around my daughters counseling them okay it's nothing against her that's her personal preference i just didn't want it okay um she lied to us by the way we're the parents we have the right to know if our children are being counseled she lied to us and told us she only saw our, our kids a couple times i asked liam staley Liam staley told me she had been counseling him since the very beginning back in may he told me that he that that she would come to the house and counsel them at the foster homes that she would come to wherever they went and they would have play therapy and stuff like that that's funny isn't it my kids had play therapy with miss green but they couldn't have play therapy with their own with their own parents perhaps that's why my children are living in a state of stagnation and have their anxiety exacerbated so highly deborah green and by the way when a parent tells you that they don't want you dealing with their children you should respect their rights and not have been on the case any longer diane stufflebeam never heard of you alba vera Never heard of you. Once again, we have more and more third-party condemnation that's put onto our paperwork by people that have never contacted us via email, snail mail, by phone, by, listen, by ET vision, honey. You ain't even tried to get us anyway. You haven't left any letters, no cards, no communication, no correspondence at all. You now give me your numbers for your caseworkers, but what good does your numbers do when you're files have already procured a conviction what good does communication do when the barriers have already burned the bridge what does the what good does communication do when your conversation is toxic we deny ourselves so many things within this life I'm living in a life where I'm not going to deny myself any longer. I know that people can see the things that are happening and people know that what looks bad is not always bad and what looks good is not always good. There has been a reversal in roles, my friends. And I expect with my destination station, my declarations of of statements, my good grace, 
and our perseverance as well as my husband's that people will finally see us and I know that there are people out here that truly care enough to quit playing around and be understanding about the honesty of how this needs to be a new beginning I have faith in the things that have been brought together around me I know that sometimes chaos makes some things complicated, and I understand that within, that we all have a foundation for our own purpose. Some things that we are going to let go of in the future are going to be metamorphosized. You have to have faith in what you're creating what you're putting into some people. You have to understand that when you bring together people with different types of life purposes, that they are just like apples and oranges. That there is nothing that is definitive about them more than just the genre of what they are, kind of like humanity. We are supposed to be at a point right now where we are supposed to be able to leave our children in environments like school, leave them in an environment like school, not have to worry about our children. Now, when I was going to school, there was no computer programs. There was no website that had my daughter's picture coming down and flashing on it. The school didn't get hacked, you know, stuff like that. But my daughter actually had a website on there, which was weird. Um, And she would type into it and had all this computer stuff. And I hope people understand that technology isn't always the best thing when it comes to our children. However, I hope people also understand that when you go to a hybrid school, a school that utilizes technology as well as a traditional way, that honestly, you get children that have a different type of vision in this world. You have children that are willing to risk a lot because they know that their foundation will always catch them. They know that the loyalty from others, other people within their environment will always catch them. What happens when your children are exposed to people who do not always catch them, who are not always honest, who are not always understanding, who do not always portray things for the way that they truly are? What happens when people play with your children's public healing? When the messages that they give your, your children of love are actually forbidden messages. They're messages that are, are only supposed to be between adults. Be careful when you take people's children and you put them into certain scenarios and you say things happen that haven't truly happened. Or if they have happened, you try to skirt or circumvent accountability. Be careful of trying to keep people away from people and not understanding the true ramifications of one's actions. Our foundation is set upon understanding that our message within our foundation is malleable. I can carry a pen with me and get what I need to get out of me. And if other children understand that there is some sort of pleasure from communication, then that, then that is what it should be. So this is what I'm going to propose. I'm going to propose that children that are inside of CPS's custody should have sessions with a third-party entity 
or an outside entity, not someone that's not completely not affiliated with CPS, neither here nor there. And I mean truly unaffiliated. And I think that they should have journaling sessions. I think they should have writing sessions. I think that that should be a part of what's going on so that if there is something that is happening that they are afforded, it it shouldn't just be the children that are capable of speaking up. It should be for all of the children. There are so many children that have died within bad situations because they've been put into homes where people have abused them and they've been taken from loving and caring parents and transitioned into another home and merely used as livestock. If you don't care about the children, why do you take away the ability for the adults that care about them to still care for them? There are a lot of people out here that are just collecting paychecks to take children. And then there are people out here that are magnificent. And they really matter. But my question to you is, where's the checks and balances to figure out which person is who? And if you trust them all, then that means that you don't trust the parent enough to tell you when something bad is happening to their child. Do you know how psychologically detrimental that is for a child to be told to call a foster parent, mother, especially when they're 11 years old, 12 years old, and they know the difference. They're about to turn 12 and they know the difference. And then because you say, no, I don't want to say that, then all of a sudden you got, you're depressed or, or you're defiant. Your behaviorisms are defiant. Well, why are they defiant? Because you're psychologically abusing the child? The things that my daughter said to me are one thing, but the things that I saw are another. I could never unsee the bruises on my daughter's back. She was only three years old going on four. She was four. No, she was four years old. But I'll never forget the bruises on her back. They were literally fingerprints up and down her back. And I chose not and I, I I chose not to say anything right then and there, but because I saw it, I had to say something about it. I had to. I'm a nurse. I'm mandated. I had to say something about the way that my daughter was acting agitated. I had to say things about the way that they were jumpy around certain people, certain staff members. My daughter looked like she was scared to death. How does she feel about them now? Well, three years in. If someone told you that if you didn't do certain things that they would make certain people disappear and they made them disappear, would you ship up and ship ship straight? The funniest thing is, my daughters went a whole entire year without anybody even valuing their opinion enough to ask them what happened with them. I bet you if you ask right now, My three-year-old, if she remembers me, she's turning seven. If she remembers me, how is she going to tell you that four years ago I beat her? When four years ago or three years ago, which she was actually three, she'd be turning seven. She was three. She wasn't even capable of testifying. But while she grew in her formative years, she learned how to testify through CPS's system even when they weren't with the parents. This is post-removal. So that means that the children have continued to get counseling for things that never happened. 
How do you change that? And when does your treatment become truly, truly become trauma? Because I, I'm going to be serious with this and I'm going to let people know. There's no reason in this world that there's any doctor, any nurse, any physician in any capacity like therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a, a, um, a psychotherapy or whatever, whatever denomination you guys want to put yourselves in. It really doesn't matter whether you're specializing with children, whether you're specializing with, with uh, crime victims, whatever it is. There's nobody in this world that should have more counseling hours with their children than the parents. There's no reason in this world that two children need six caseworkers, but the first three weeks they were removed away from our residence, they didn't have one. We couldn't get any visitation for three weeks. They didn't know where the kids were. They said they didn't have a worker. They didn't have one. But now... When it comes to conviction time, when it comes to appeal time, when it comes to fighting time, you've got six caseworkers and not one of those caseworkers could get me a piece of paper. Not one caseworker can send me some paperwork about the children as far as their psychological, their physiological needs. Why wasn't my opinion valued? But you're asking me to sign away my rights. So if I have rights to sign away, why haven't I seen my children? What gives you the right to stop someone for seeing their children for years based upon the rhetoric and the lies of workers that free shared misinformation? Why is there no checks and balances for HIPAA? Why is there no checks and balances for the, for, for the, for the patient within here? Do people understand that it is time to learn and that learning on a curve means that you're learning against the grain. I'm willing to risk a lot right now because I took an oath and I'll be utterly broken if I don't fulfill this oath. This oath was to my children. I promised them that I would never leave them, that I would always be by their side, that I would protect them. And that is what we have always intended to do.